0: But what has been on my heart is the Christian's response to trouble in the world. Trouble of one sort or another, it's always going to be here. It's always going to be here. Be it on a worldwide scale or just a local scale, something that only our church knows about, or maybe just something that that you as an individual are experiencing or I'm, I'm experiencing. Trouble is around every corner in this life. And what should a Christian's response be? What should we do? How should we view these calamities? Um, how do we find security in a world that seems to be increasingly troubled, it, especially now that we have the media? The Christian's response to trouble in the world. That's, that's my subject for us today. Um, God's word is clear. Um, protection, though, is promised to his people. Uh, we can read many, many of the Psalms. I'll read one briefly here for you. Psalm 34 says, "This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round, the, round about them that fear him, and delivereth them." Um, that is also a, a sentiment that's backed up in other portions of Scripture, and you'll find out it's it's when people obey God. That there is protection. And when they do not obey, that there is not protection. So, Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3 and, and following. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season. And the land shall yield her increase. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Skipping down to verse verse 6. Um, and I will give peace in the land. And ye shall lie down. And, and none shall make you afraid. All oh, the worry, it's not going to be there. Verse, skipping down again to verse 12, um, and, and here's the special part, I, I guess. I will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. Um, that, this first part of Leviticus um, 26 is just rejoicing in all of the blessings that belong to God's people, the people that obey and fear him. But it's contrasted. And again, it's the same context that we're given to the people of God even. Verse 14, But if ye will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, verse 16, I also will do this unto you and I will even appoint over you a terror. So there is something to be feared of God. Yes, there's there's a real sense in which when we are not God's children, we have to fear the judgment of hellfire. We have to fear God in, a, in a, a way that we don't have to as Christians. We are His children. And if we are obedient to Him, He loves and, and well, He loves us anyways. He loves us through our disobedience. But He will protect us. He will be there for us. Um, But there is still a proper way as we think about fear, the fear of the Lord as Christians, we still have to in in different ways as, as we are not obedient to him on earth. He promises us that he is going to chasten us in other portions of scripture. There will be a terror, a certain fear of him that will come upon us. But in summary, from from the beginning, God has promised protection to His obedient people, and to the disobedient there won 't be um, Now, I want us to come to the New Testament, getting to Matthew chapter six now. Um, this is one of the passages that I would say came came to my mind two months ago, and i 've been thinking about it just off and on as honestly as i've been sitting and listening to the word be preached um, other passages, but for some reason, this one rings back in in my mind. Um, and so, I want us to focus um, here on Matthew chapter six, verses twenty-five to thirty-four. Um, let's read starting in in verse twenty-five. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what she what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are not are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So so three times, three times Jesus has just told us in one word or another, don't worry. And maybe that's the summary statement. Maybe I should just end the message there. (laughs) But um, don't worry. Don't have excessive concern over temporal matters things that are here around us. Um, this advice from Jesus was really 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 relevant to the people that he was speaking to in his day. These people were poor. these people didn't have lots of things and technology and gadgets. I'm standing here preaching from an iPad nothing like that you know they were in a desert and they were they had a cistern full of water and if the water ran out, during the dry season, they were in real trouble. They had to wait for rain. And so just turning on the tap was not something that they could do. Food. They had to farm it all. They had to kill it all. They had to go to the market and be able to buy and purchase it. They had those kind of monetary, I guess, concerns like we do. But most of them were poor. Um, the five loaves and two fishes was all that was on that Galilean hillside that day. Right? Um, It was literally a preoccupation of their life to find food, make sure they had clothes. They could make ends meet day by day. And there are still many people in our world that live day by day. But that doesn't mean, just because we, and most Americans especially, we have a lot of things. That doesn't mean that our, our Lord's words aren't relevant to us. We still worry and are concerned with day by day um, needs. And Jesus tells us not to worry three times and for three reasons. First, he says, don't worry because of who your father is. Second, don't worry because of who your family is. And third, don't worry because of what your future, of the promise of your future. And we'll be looking at at all of those concepts here as, as we explore these verses, but I just want to take it from, kind of from the top, verse 25 there. Um, he says, first of all, verse 25, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Y- your life is more than food. Your body is more than raiment. It's more than just clothes, right? Um, it is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment? He's he's saying, get the big picture. Get the big picture. There's more than just your day-to-day needs. And you and I, we get bogged down in our day-to-day needs, don't we? I know I do. <laughs> if you don't, then the Lord's blessed you. <laughs> you know? um, but we we get bogged down. Um... You have to see the bigger picture. You have the first reason why is you have a heavenly father that feeds the birds. Also you have a heavenly father that clothes the grass of the field. And you have a heavenly father that sustains life. Don't worry. Understand the big picture closer with me there at at verse 26. If we're going to understand um, that world rightly, we have to have a little bit more of the context of of where Jesus is standing. Yes, he's standing in the middle of poor people and on the hillside of Galilee, etc. But something that is interesting about Galilee is it's a major bird trafficking area. So birds migrate through there at different portions of the year, kind of like here in North America and our side of the world, we have different birds and they migrate in, in patterns. Well, this is Galilee is kind of a major pinch point for birds. And so who knows? Jesus may very well have been seeing lots of birds right there and saying, look at the birds. All of these birds, tons and tons of them, thousands of them, and every single one of them has food, you know, and they travel. And here's the thing about these birds. They don't plant food. They don't. They don't plant food way out ahead of time and then gather it in and then store it in barns and hoard it. They don't have three months of income in advance. you know. They don't, they don't do these things. Um, and Jesus is not trying to just sidestep here. Jesus isn't trying to to make some case for idleness, just sit around and do nothing. You know, the birds go; they fly from place to place and they gather their food, but it's always there for them, reliably. God has told us, tend to the garden, do work, right? And as you do work he will bless and he will always provide um, for our needs um, this is really it's, it's a simple and easy argument to understand he's arguing from small to big these birds are much less important than people That's right. they're less complex they don't even think to be pre- prepared ahead and God's provided for them so won't God certainly take care of you so what So what are we to do, I guess, as God sustains our life? What are we to do but to be thankful? Really, that's it. Every single one of us, whether we feel overly thankful every single day, I think that this passage calls us to be thankful. Earlier in, in this same sermon, it's the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to chapter 7. But we, we find here, Um, the Lord's Prayer. After this, verse 9 of chapter 6, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, etc., etc. Give us this day our daily bread. Ask Him for it. You know? Um, How do you expect to ever see God's hand if you aren't thanking Him for the things that He gives you? But then also looking forward and saying, where is it going to come from this time? It's it's quite a blessing to be sitting and and expecting the Lord to give you something. You know it's going to be there, and you pray, and you ask him for it, and then it's there. And it gives such faith and such confidence in him when we see those things happen. He also addresses um, verse 27, looking, looking to that. That verse and this is a little bit of a confusing phrase if you think about it. Um, verse 27 he addresses I would say he's addressing health so in verse 27 that doesn't seem to be on the surface. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? so some length I'm not exactly sure how big a cubit was. I think it might have been something like this, you know but a foot or two which of us, by just thinking about it, can add a foot to his stature? And that's how we, in our English context, read it. But it could also be read, which of you, by thinking about it, can add to the end of his life? And the words being able to be translated either way make me tend to think that it's more about the health. And I, so I'm just being open. Some of this is a little bit of my opinion. But... Um, Uh, And it's backed up by other people's thoughts, too. But I'm just saying that if the words could be translated that way, how many of us here in the room actually are concerned with growing another foot? I know I'd look kind of awkward, even more gangly than I already do. Um, And so I'm not really concerned about that. And my thought is that after we get to, you know, when we're maybe Kyle's age here, we're thinking, man, I love to grow up. But by the time we get to adults, we're pretty okay with our height. Most women don't want to be shorter. <laughs> you know? um, and so you just, um, is, is it likely that we're that concerned about that? Well, but everyone, everyone is concerned about how long will I live. But so take our society right now. This is extremely applicable to us today. We all go exercising, right? We try to live as long as we can by statistically doing what makes us more likely to live longer, right? I was talking about people dying from heart disease earlier on. And you know what? I know quite a few very fit people that have just stopped living. Heart attack, mid-40s you know, or something. You would never expect that. They were very fit, very in shape. Which of us? By thinking, can add to, the, to his life. None of us can. The simple answer is God has given us life. God has given us life. That doesn't mean we be irresponsible with it or that we don't exercise and try to be good stewards of our body and the things that he has given us. Why not try to live longer if we can to serve him? Those are good motivations. But God has provided us with life. And so why, why be worried about life and how long it's going to go? He will provide for that life, and he will sustain that life. We honestly only need to be worried about honoring him. Um, finally, look with me down at uh, verse 28 and following there. The Lord goes on to speak about clothing. Clothing. Um, this is where we have to, I think, take a a second again to think about what, what Jesus is saying here, you know, why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Um, they toil not, neither do they spin. So they're, they're not worried about all this stuff. And yet I say unto you, verse 29, yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. What is Jesus saying? You know? And these flowers, these, the, the grass of the field... It only lives again it's a very insignificant thing it only lives for a season maybe a springtime and then the summer starts burning up or if it's lucky if it's Bermuda grass you know it grows longer into the summer and then dies off in the winter you know and it's just there for a season it's an insignificant thing and yet it has clothing to it it has design and that clothing regenerates itself Every year it comes back, boom, and there's the green of the grass again. And if God would give such an insignificant thing, such a great beauty and, and blessing, then how much more will he give to us such fantastic, um, fantastic things? So in summary... God is your heavenly Father. He will take care of you. Um, to doubt this is a sin. It's, it's to commit the, the sin of unbelief. Um, and, and Jesus comes down here and he highlights that very thing with the phrase, O ye of little faith. And so how, how we should have faith um, in our Father, our heavenly Father that is good and that is merciful and that loves us. When when things happen in our world that we don't understand, how should we respond? Faith, dependence, looking to the Lord to provide. We have we've been through there are many people, I just give this as a, a brief illustration, but I have been staggered by some of the things that I have seen lately um, in terms of provision. Not personal provision, but just Bear with me here. There is a... There are people, I know that there are many people that have suffered greatly because of being laid off of work. Um, I was talking to... I got my hair cut for the first time in a while the other day. And I'm praising the Lord for it. you know. But I was talking to the, the girl that was cutting my hair, and she's been laid off for two months or more. You know, I, I don't remember exactly how long she said... That's had a lot of really bad economic impact. Made sure to tip well, you know. Um, the, there have been people that have been in, in that boat. But then there have also been people, and I, I, I was at church the other day. Um, I guess it was two weeks ago now, something like that. And I was talking to a man there. said, how are you? How's your family doing? You know, I was just trying to express concern to him. And he said, you know what? I've been unemployed for a week or a month and a half now, and I'm actually doing better on unemployment than, <laughs> you know? And maybe that's a sad commentary on how the system works. But then again, it's, we can comment all we want about the political system of the day. But the facts are that we are not on some kind of out-of-control economic roller coaster. One person experienced a A dip you know, and they were struggling another person seeing the best time of their life. Um, another person I talked to said that he's making more money now than he has ever made in his life. He's still employed. He kept his job. And he's in this environment when everything's shutting down, he's making more money than he's ever made. What? <laughs> and so, again, God is our heavenly father. And he, he is the one that provides. And so even if we see an economic dip, even if we see a a hard time, it's, it's faith. And when we see a good time and we're making more than we've ever made, even when everyone else around us seems to be not doing well, it's still a time for faith. Does the eye of faith view God's hand moving or does Something else inside of us, our flesh, rise up inside of us and say, "This is because I have worked hard, or because I have done." No, 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 no. The Lord's in control. I want to come down to the next, the next verse here. I need to get my Bible back in front of me. Um, the next verse here, um, and get, kind of getting into our next point. Um, we shouldn't be fearful. We shouldn't be worried because of our family, who our family is. And verse 32 says, for, uh, well, verse 31 is where he starts into this second wave of don't be worried, telling us not to be worried. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall ye eat, we eat, or what shall we drink, or what, wherewithal shall we be clothed? Again, he, he says similar things. And then he says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, that um, could be taken as people that are not Jews. But I think more appropriately, in the, in the context here, Jesus is gathering n- new people. And this is the beginning as Jesus comes in his advent. This is beginning, the beginning of the church age and where the church is being ushered in. Um, And these people, the people that are starting to come and believe on Jesus and repent of their sins um, and see him in reality. Old Testament saints looked forward to his coming. And they were spiritually God's people as they looked forward to Christ coming. These people were starting to see Christ in his actuality, and he was there among them, and they were joining and believing on him the same way as the Old Testament saints did. And so here we have a contrast, not just Jews and Gentiles, we're in a transition period. People that are not God's people, people that are outsiders as he was speaking to Israelites, they would have understood Gentiles. These are the people that are outsiders. They're not part of Israel. you know. But as we look at it, we can understand here, those things, the, the things of this life are things that people of the world, that's all they've got. They're, they're worried about food and raiment and money and et cetera, et cetera. They live for their money. Because that's all, that's all that they have. They seek those things desperately, is what that word Gentiles seek their means. But for us, your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. And so there is a contrast between our family as believers and the outsiders, the, worlds, the world. You are not outsiders, heathen. They have nothing to do with God's family. You are his family. You love him and you obey him. They don't have claim to all the promises that we discussed earlier on. They don't have claim to his protection. You have claim of him as your protector. He is your father and you are in his family. They eagerly seek food and raiment and other things. And why do they do those things? Because they, they are their own saviors. They're their own saviors. They have to, they, they think that they have to depend on themselves for everything. <coughs> so they must work for their money. Um, looking back at verse 24 just real briefly, Jesus called attention to money no man can serve two masters right before the context of what we're what we're talking about no man can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other ye cannot serve god and mammon and that that is the difference between god's family and and those outside um i think that the very quick application here is just do we face life as if we are christians or do we face life as if we are pagans look back think back in your in your own thoughts where were you 2 3 months ago before this all happened and how did you face life looking into the concerns i know that for me i had this thought that was it's it went something like this. But basically, I wasn't overly worried that I was going to get sick and die from this thing right right off the cuff because it was still over in China. It wasn't even in our country yet, you know. But I was worried about all the people around me getting worried. And I was, you know what, what if everybody else's worry has an economic impact on me? And then that's, that's probably the first time that this passage hit me and I said, you know what? I shouldn't be worried. I, I should have respect, yes, for there is a crisis coming and do the best that I can. Practically, I need to work to, to provide for my family and, and do best by them. But the Lord's in control. The Lord is in control. Um, we simply have to ask and, and it will be given. Um, 2 Corinthians 4.18 uh, gives us Paul's mentality of that. And I've already made reference to it, but we, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are unseen. Um, God knows that we have need of these things. Verse 32 there, um, your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of these things. Um, and so he will provide. Worry, worry assumes that God's not there. Um, worry assumes that God doesn't care. Um, worry assumes that God's not powerful to do. But the 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 truth is that the opposite of worry. The truth is the opposite of worry. God is. God does. God is able. God is willing. Um, don't worry. We have a Father in heaven that will provide, and we have we are in His family, just like. I desire to provide for my children. God, all the more, desires and must live up to His word of providing for me. But this goes one one more time. Jesus tells us, "Take no thought." And He does that in verse thirty-four. See here, verse thirty-four. Take therefore no thought for the morrow; for the morrow shall take um, thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't start worrying about the things of tomorrow, of the future. Don't start worrying. Um, That's literally, literal translation. Um, Lamentations chapter 3. We can just turn there real briefly. But that's where the um, song that we sang earlier, Great is thy faithfulness, comes from. Lamentations in chapter 3. Let's see here. For some reason I have lost my my place here. I thought I had it marked. Um, Here it is, verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. For his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. This is speaking. A, it's a, got a future eye to it. It is good that we should hope that we should look confidently into the future and wait on the Lord. Don't push your fears into the future. Honestly, when we do that, all we're doing is doubling our trouble. You know, what if what if this, and what if what if this, and what if this, and what if this, and it's it's not to say don't be wise. If there's something that's likely to happen, <laughs> Joseph saw, he had a vision, and he he saw in a dream that there was going to be seven years of famine, followed by the seven good years. When he knew something was going to happen, he was not foolish, and he did lay aside things. But at the same time, his confidence was in the Lord. And so he was not fearful of the next seven years. He just did the did the wise thing. Um it's the same as today. God is in control. Let the pagans worry. They don't have a father. So this really this passage comes down and it's really summarized in verse 33 there. <laughs> Seek ye first the kingdom of God. We know this verse. I I sang it in a Sunday school rhyme, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? And his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I can't say until I got older that I realized the context around this is seek first the kingdom of God. And he is directly saying, he's directly saying, all of these things, provision, not saying you're going to be rich. We're not preaching a wealth gospel here. But you will be provided for you will be able to ask give us this day our daily bread and it will be there for you long for god's glory and he will give you the rest so this passage just in brief summary of this passage it it kind of hollers at us i could say three times don't worry don't worry Don't worry. And then it gives us this positive command, the one positive command of the whole thing. It says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Because that's our tendency. That's where we go. We all worry. Positive command. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God. Um, Looking back at different scriptures and thinking over ways in which this would apply practically to some Some in scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Just turning there very briefly. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art so careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Just a practical example I was able to think of directly from the scripture where there was an example of someone who worried. Someone who even looked into the future, we're not going to have food and, and these things. How many times did Jesus perform a miracle and provide food that was ready-made? Do you know? And so even something like that, which seems to be so we got to cook it in order for it to get done. The Lord is, is able to take care of. So give honor to our Father, His family. We are in His family. And look forward to the future that He has promised. And all of us, all of God's people can say amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this portion of Scripture that we have considered and how it is very rebuking to us as we think of all of the times that we have worried. Each of us has worried unnecessarily. And, oh Lord, we, we pray that as we have looked into your word this morning, we would be prepared for the next time. Maybe it's now. Maybe we are now in a moment where we are facing considerable worry. Lord, we ask that you would help us to embrace the, the truths of this passage, that you are our Father, you care for us. If we ask for provision from you, if we ask for blessing from you, Lord, you are there, you want to bless us and give. Lord, we we need to be looking for your hand. Lord, we are your family, your children. And if we will not give a stone to our children when when they ask for bread, Lord, how much more will you not give us a stone, but you will give us good things. Lord, we ask that maybe we don't find ourselves in a place of worry today. Maybe we find ourselves at a high point. We ask that you would help us to look with that eye of faith and see that your hand has been in this. Your hand has brought us to where we are and not all of our own efforts. And Lord, may we praise you for that, that we can see actively right now your hand of blessing in our lives. And we just ask, Lord, your presence with us into the future. None of us, none of us can part or should part from the desire for your presence. Lord, may we sit as Mary did at your feet and worship you and look to you and praise you and hope in you for our future. Lord, may these, may these things be a lesson that we can take away from your word this morning and see grafted into our hearts and our lives. We pray these things now and ask your blessing upon each and every one of us as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen.